Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sermon Notes podcast. I am your guest host, Daryl Girardier. I'm the communications director here at Brentwood Baptist Church. And with me is the other guest host, the amazing Amber Spigner. That's me. Yes. Amber, what do you do? Um, I work for everyone in this room. <laughs> That's okay. Amber, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to brag on Amber because Amber's not going to brag on herself. Amber. Handles all of our social media for everything in the north. So that's Woodbine, Lachlan Springs, Harpeth Heights, and Avenue South. And she does a phenomenal job. So if you see something on Instagram or Facebook that you like, that's the person who made it happen. So she does phenomenal photography work for us. So we can't make it happen without her. So anyway, that's why we've got her today because Garrett and Amy Jo are both out. So... Clearly, they brought in the B team here to make it happen. That's rude. We're the A team. Disagree with that. There we go. Today, <laughs> we've got Mr. Brandon Owen from hey, our, our campus and teaching pastor from the church at Harpeth Heights. Right. Brandon, so good to have you. Here. I'm glad to be here, Daryl. Thanks. And Amber, we love you. And you do. You do. Daryl's right. You do great work with Thank us, you so much. and we are so grateful. I'm part of the the North region. That sounds aggressive when we say North and South, <laughs> yeah, but does. we are the North. Uh, we are all friendly and. Uh, <laughs> Not at war on the same <laughs> same team, but we appreciate your work, as Daryl said. Now, Brandon, we're here to talk about your sermon, but before we do that, we want to kind of get to know you a little bit better. So Amber has prepared some questions to peel back the layers here and get to, <laughs> to know the true you. So Amber? Yeah. Super <laughs> incredibly away. invasive. We're just going to start off uh, your deepest fear. Wow. Um, yeah, just be buried go. alive. Okay, <laughs> great. That was actually not what I was well, I asking. Thought but, about it a lot. Um, okay, good to know. <laughs> I was gonna say this podcast <laughs> right up there, but it's up there a lot. Okay. Okay, I have, I might have asked you this question before because this is my go-to get to know you question. Let's do it. But if you could be a part of one fictional family, who would it be and why? Oh, you have never asked me that question. Okay, I'm so sorry. Wow, man, it's a hard one. It is a hard one. Can't say the first answer. That person's been canceled since, uh, so we have to move on to. I went there too. A different, different, a different family, fictional family. Gosh, this is what are, what are the what are the cultural kind of uh, kind of things I mean, that I'm a part of? I'm yeah. really it has to be a cancellation part. Yeah, it honestly, could be. Yeah, I'll tell you. Well, like, go ahead. Yeah, like I, I would tell you, I would pick the Bartlets from The West Wing. Oh like, man, who wouldn't want to be the president's son? Absolutely. Sign me up. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't want to be the president's favorite. kid. <laughs> that is my favorite show of all time. Yes. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna go with that right there. I would have been uh, some brother of uh, of CJ. Um, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's a great so. choice. That's great. I chose the Weasleys, but yeah, you know, super similar. <laughs> I don't to know the president's what kid. That is. It's that's Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Oh yeah. Are we that's to talk right. about Harry Potter? No. That, <laughs> we can talk about funny. Harry Potter. It's okay. <laughs> that's great. That you're that era, aren't you? Yes. You, you I think so. Those. You are. Yeah. You are. It's okay to say I'm the that. Harry Potter I era. quoted Dumbledore. I know. I know. It was a great quote. It was a great quote. Do you remember it? <laughs> I, yeah. He talks about words being our closest uh, uh, form of magic. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So those are our fictional families. Speaking <laughs> of families, you have one. I do. I do. A nonfiction <laughs> family. And yeah. They're the best. My they wife, Leslie Ann, yes. and our 14-year-old, Howell, and our 11-year-old, Elliot, 8th grade, 6th grade, our 9-year-old, Lewis, who's a 4th grader, and Hattie is a kindergartner, and Annie is a golden doodle who looks just like a golden retriever and sheds like a golden retriever, but cost what a golden doodle cost. Um, 
And then our two cats, Peaches <laughs> and Shadow, who are new to the family within yeah. the last two weeks. And I didn't want them, but I lost this one because Leslie Ann and Hattie and Lewis are very much animal lovers. And it's been great. I mean, they, the cats are, are cute and teaching responsibility to the kids, and we're moving forward. Marriage is compromise. <laughs> so I'm curious, how did they get the like? How did they convince you for the cast? Because Amy Joe, when she wanted a dog, she did a PowerPoint presentation. That's how she that's <laughs> incredible. What she did. She's like, I have a. She arranged a meeting with the dog. Like, hey, this is what the dog would be like. Yeah. A very comparable <laughs> yeah. like model, or you don't call them models. What do you call the dog? Like comparable yeah. species. I I'm, don't know what breed. You, I'm, I think it's the word you're looking for. Yeah, breed. By the like, house. So how did they convince you? Uh, they they wore me down okay. over time. Okay. I was a I was a hard no for a long time, and then they just okay. kept on and kept on. And it became clear that somebody was going to be unhappy in this. And you know, Daryl, I don't lose them all, no. but I lost this one, and we're going to be okay. It's it's not about the battles; it's about the war. It so is. yeah, I like it that. Is. There you go. You, okay. Now you did announced this to Hattie from the platform. I used it as a sermon illustration. You, you did. I did. And it was one of the great, it was just really cool because as I said it from the pulpit and told her that she could have a cat, I said one cat. We ended up with two cats. That's another story. But she, in the moment, was listening and she went, yes. And it was it was super cute. So It was very cute. I was in the room. No, I didn't see Leslie Ann in the room. No, Elliot was sick that day, so oh, she was oh home with Elliot, which is a good reason why we still do uh, online worship, because oftentimes folks can't be there in worship for good reasons, even though we've added, you know, gather to our G's in our uh, uh, ethos here. But she was at home, so she didn't see it live, but became aware of it from a couple of our good friends at church who texted good. her immediately but did she to know let you her know. It? No, she didn't know. It was wow. a, little, a little bit of a surprise wow. there. Wow, impulsive yeah. moment. I think it might have been the Holy Spirit in the moment encouraging me to do it. <laughs> oh, and then great. I regretted it oh, pretty much immediately. Oh, my wife yeah. watch this because we're going to end up with another dog. <laughs> She's going to start praying for it. say, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, there we go. Wow. Patty did tell me right after service that you guys were not getting one cat but two cats. So she so already she knew. She knew. That's she amazing. Did know. Oh, wow. She Gosh. did know. Soft dad. That's basically. How did, I think this may be, I'm stealing your next question. That's okay. How did you meet your wife? How did you meet we her? met as summer interns for the youth group at First Baptist Church, Nashville, That's back so in 2002. May 29th, 2002 is when I first laid eyes on my wife. She was wearing khaki shorts and a light blue shirt. And I asked my friend Chris Howell, who my wife's maiden name was Howell, but they weren't uh, related. It was two separate families, nonfiction families. <laughs> and we said, I said, Chris, who is that? girl and he said that's Leslie and Hell I think you two should date and I agreed with him and one of the more seminal moments of my life was getting up the courage this little country boy from Cross Plains Tennessee to ask my wife to go out on a date and I did it and she said yes and it worked out that's awesome that's that is incredible. so cool so you were you were a ministry intern. Yeah. You were also in RAs as you told us yesterday <laughs> did from you the know platform. What that was? Did you know? I, I did know what that was. I was in GAs. Um, yeah, so you know. Yeah. Royal Ambassadors. That's not what we called them, but <laughs> <laughs> I told them this before. Because we were children. We called them rats in action. Uh, that's awesome. I thought we that it was going to be a different word there, but that's... Okay. Sorry. Edit that. <laughs> it's all good. It, it's, it is fine. B team, right? Yes. What was the point with that question? So you started off with 
quoting the books of the Bible. Yeah. You like you were you're killing it. I know. It. I've yeah. got I've memorized yeah. them. That's I and I thought about impressive. that because my son Elliot, our eleven year old, he learned them in the last couple of weeks and quoted them this week. So that was on my mind as I was preaching. I did not have that planned out. And I am a manuscript pre- preacher. Everything I yeah. say is 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 written down in front of me so I can stay on track because we could be in there for a long time if I just start talking about things. But yeah, uh, yeah, I quoted, uh, I, I, I helped people. We were told last week, hey, you got to give them a chance to get to Habakkuk because it's, 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 it's deep in there. It is, and it's yes. tiny. It is tiny. It it's is tiny, which I think brings us, brings, us, brings us to your sermon. Okay. So we are starting a series on Habakkuk. Yes. Um, this wasn't in the questions that I sent you, but I'm kind of curious. Oh, shoot. Oh, I'm sorry, but you, you'll, you'll got this. When you first, when you... When you were in that meet room, when we start the planning for the sermon series, yeah. and we're like, all right, we're doing Habakkuk. What's some of your first, what's your gut reaction to, like, oh, we're doing Habakkuk? Excitement. Okay. Because it, it is, uh, it's a great book. And, it, and if you ask enough people who, who do this yeah. for a living, it's, it's quite a few people's favorite book, they will tell you, of the Bible. For what, it, for what it holds and for the relationship that Habakkuk obviously has with, with God and right. for what's going on at the time in which Habakkuk lived. But, uh, yeah, Aaron uh, proposed this way back in uh, May of 21, yeah. I guess. Wow. Right. And uh, I remember there being excitement in the room. It, you know, we, there's only so many weeks during the year, and we do sermon series, and I love that we do, but if you, if you stay with a particular you know, portion of Scripture, a book, or a section of Scripture for an extended period of time, we run out of time pretty quickly. And so mm-hmm. where we can insert Old Testament books or, or, or stories is, is, is really important, and we really try to do that. It, it doesn't get as much time, it seems, as in New Testament for good reason. But, um, no, I remember there being a lot of excitement in the room about this because it's a pretty incredible um, dialogue between Habakkuk and God. Yeah, so you, you, know, you, talk, you talk about being a dialogue and a conversation, yeah. and you open up your sermon with a, a quote from James Bruckner, about honest conversations. And so one of the things I'm curious about, because you're right, it is a conversation, it is a dialogue, is why do you think that we as believers resist having an honest conversation with God? Okay. I agree that we probably do. Okay. I think uh, the saddest reason for that may be that many of us don't believe that God is is actually um, present, active, Okay. Willing to deal with us in life. Now, that's not every believer that I know, but I think it's some that have this, I would say, uh, misunderstood view of God as being distant or out there or um, spy in the sky, as N.T. Wright calls it. Um, I think that's an improper understanding of God's relationship with us, God's desired relationship with us, the, the story the Bible tells about who God is and what God is like. Uh, God is personal. God uh, desires to be with us, and God has actually invited us into this journey we call faith. Uh, sanctification is the $5 word for that. Uh, whereas we are not who we are anymore along the way. We, we change. We grow. We become uh, more in sync with what God is like, and, and God leads us there. And so I, I, I think if we don't understand that, we don't have a chance to understand that actually to, to push back against what we may have once thought about God or thought God was telling us is actually appropriate in the life of the believer, and as Bruckner suggests, even good. Yeah. That's good. Do you think, to follow up on that, do you think that one of the reasons why the conversation can be a struggle is we feel like it's one way because 
we haven't put in the proper rhythms, if you will, for lack of a better term, to hear God, to have that conversation? Yes, okay. I think so. I think, yeah, we, we, we need this, what we're doing. I mean, it's why I, I don't have qualms with feeling like a salesperson sometimes trying to get somebody to be a part of our church, you know, because I do think it's actually what's best right. for, for a person to be in a community of faith with other believers who are trying to figure this stuff out, to, to be in the Word, studying the Bible, which sounds can sound very like, do this or else, but to actually desire to be in the Word with other people who are in it as well, right. who are living their own lives, who are interacting with God in their own ways, and then we come together and understand more about God in this, you know, beautiful mosaic that is uh, the life of faith and church. So, um, but yeah, if we're, if we're not in those rhythms, I mean, listen, I, Habakkuk gets an audible, if we trust what the, how the text reads, he gets dialogue with God. I, I've never, Amber, I don't know about you, I've never been in front of a burning bush with it, with it speaking to me. I just yeah, haven't. No, not, I haven't but, done that. I haven't, but I have been around other believers who have, 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 are further along on this journey and, and some that aren't as far along. And that is how I have most often um, understood God speaking to me is yeah. through the life of other believers who are in the text, in the Word, trying to understand what God is uh, communicating through there and through a variety of other ways as well, uh, creation, uh, to let us know what God is like. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, I think God talks to us, yeah. but we have to we have to listen closely. I've got a little bit of a practical question. So we talk about communicating with God, which we can boil it down to prayer is one of the simplest ways that we can see it. Um, I know for me, growing up in the church, it was very normal to hear beautifully said, eloquent prayers oh, yeah. that were almost intimidating, and so. We're professional prayers. Yes, which is terrifying to someone who's just like, hey, God, uh, it's me. So it wasn't until college until I learned, like, there is this beautiful conversation you can have with the Lord that isn't pretty. Yeah. Are there practical applications that you have for people to walk into honest conversation with God that doesn't have to be perfect words or pretty moments or this, like, hour-long word time? Yeah. Where they can just sit and be raw yeah. before their creator. You heard about praying without ceasing. Did we tell you that as a kid? <laughs> yes. How did that sound? Was yeah. that pretty intimidating? So scary. As well. I literally was, was like. Yeah, I was, I was intimidated by that too until I um, watched my mother closely hmm. as I got old enough to do so. And I was blessed with this real life example of what that can and I would say should look like. And somebody who is just, yeah, she's praying all the time for the things that are, because that's just how God made her. But it, it's not the prayers that intimidate us. Yeah. It's an ongoing conversation with God. And that's what I saw demonstrated in my mom. That's what I've tried to, to model and I pray for my kids to have, that there is nothing about our lives or our days that is apart from God's care, mm. that God does not take interest in. And so... Um, you know, omnipresent literally means always around wherever yeah. we are, caring about whatever is going on, uh, never apart from us for the life of the believer. So I'm encouraged by that. I think, I, I hope that for the folks at Harpeth Heights, that they will have 
a similar understanding to what God is like and who God is. That's why I tell them every week we are never alone. When you were talking about the dialogue in the passage, yeah. and we talk about this conversation, in your mind, if you do the cursory reading of it, it you, you kind of skip over the dialogue and the tension in the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I think you pointed out was, was that the Israelites, the answer they got in that moment was about correction. Yeah. For oftentimes, I think when we listen for God, we don't anticipate the answer being correction. Yeah. But in those moments that it is correction, one, how do we identify correction, one, and then two, how do we, what's the proper response to correction? Yeah. We put a lot of emphasis in groups in our church, mm-hmm. and I think for a good reason. And we want these groups not to necessarily be uh, where there's a, a, a teacher and, and these rows of, of students in our groups, but we, we, we meet in circles and we facilitate conversation and we learn from each other. And I would say the healthiest I've seen these groups operate is when the folks in them get close enough where they can actually um, hold one another accountable in a loving, in a loving way. So that's one example of how I think we can, uh, in a healthy sense, receive correction from God. It's from our peers. There's also a very healthy sense where we notice something in Scripture. Maybe it's a story about someone, because there are plenty of stories in Scripture where people do very stupid things, and they realize (laughs) this is not uh, how I should have handled this situation, or this is not how I should have acted. And we see the the consequences from those actions, and we actually see them be repentant to turn around and, and do something different. The previous book to Habakkuk's Jonah, and it, there's a very good story there about Jonah taking a very long time to figure out exactly what God was trying to tell him all along the way. Um, so, so Scripture can be that reproof in our life that we see. Um, it certainly can be. I, I, I do believe burning bushes happen and that God can speak to us well, as, well up from inside the Holy Spirit and, and help us see something differently where we are messing up and, and cause us to move to repentance. But we, when that happens, the life of the believer has to be open to that correction. And we have to be able to move in a different direction. That's what repentance is. Turn around, go the other way. We have to be able to move in a different direction and trust that things are going to be okay. That even in this being different or me having to swallow everything it means for me to turn from my selfish ways, all the embarrassment that may come from it, the people that I have to own up to, to hurting or, or misrepresenting what, what the truth might be, and to, to say I'm sorry and to realize that I'm going to move forward and it may be painful, but God is going to meet us where we are in that. And, you know, that, that's – I don't want to let the cat out of the bag because we have two more weeks of Habakkuk, but that's how this story ends up as well. That's what Habakkuk actually already knows is things are going to be okay. And that's what God's promise is, mm-hmm. that things are ultimately going to be okay. When we realize that, we can do anything to, to move away from the ways that we're messing up. Now, the rest of that story is – we can't be people who are just trying not to mess up to make God happy. We yeah, actually have to be on mission with God, moving towards something which actually is the kingdom of God coming. Uh, we're going somewhere yeah. here. We're not just trying to please God. God is pleased with us, and so we're working together with God to make things more like God would have them to be, which God's going to do with or without us. He's just invited us to, to be a part of it with him. I'll stop preaching now. So... 
when you're reading Habakkuk, he already knows the ending. He does. Do you think when you read that book, how does that, cha- how does that change the way you read the book? Well, he knows, I think he knows the ending, but he doesn't know the way it's going to get there. It's, it's kind of, I didn't plan to say this, but this kind of fits with how I view what providence is, and that's how God interacts with, yeah. with us. And there's, there's a lot of ways to look at this, and I certainly don't hold the patent on this or anything else related to God. <laughs> but there is a way to understand providence, which is this. There's, imagine a ship leaving port in New York City, and it's going to London, and it's going to get there. It's going to get to London. Yeah. Um, but the wind and the waves and the weather is going to make it impossible for the captain to tell you exactly how we're going to get there. Yeah. Um, I find that beautiful in, in, in understanding how things are happening in the world. God's in control. Hmm. God has given us a certain amount of agency. I think the Scripture speaks to that. Uh, to work with God, uh, to to move this along. So I think Habakkuk understands that. And that's part of Habakkuk's beautiful appeal is, what the heck, God? Like, this is not who, this is who you are. This is how things are. When is it going to be more like yeah. you want it? Like, you're ultimately going to have yeah. it to be because we're hurting down here. And uh, God has some things to say to Habakkuk about that. Do you think our need for control complicates that? For because sure. Because that's when you talk about that <laughs> illustration of providence, like, you know, we today my schedule was blown up because of like, you know, this, 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 and before you know, you and I are sitting here now doing a podcast. Love okay. It for us, yeah. And that's text message exchange this morning was um, we gotta do this. And like yeah. boom, and control is like so when you view God like that, and when you have to to have that moment of trust. I think for a lot of us in our congregations, I would imagine that's not easy because yeah. especially in a world now where we have so much, we're given so much control over so many things. I imagine in a life of a believer, that's that's almost as hard as, as correction is in some mm-hmm. respects, I would imagine. For sure. Yeah. The, 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 the worst tragedy, though, would be to never try. Mm. Right. I love reading Wendell Berry in one of his poems. He He talks about he encourages us to be like the fox, the fox who makes tracks in so many different directions, sometimes the wrong ones. Mm. That's good. And so, I, you know, part of abundant life is God has given us this ability to, to live and wander and, and, and love each other in a way that, that is interesting and moves us along and, and tries things tries things that allow for others to see just how beautiful God is and the the world can be. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I, I need to hone it in here. But. I think that's the beauty of the gospel, though. Like you, you talk about us not having to live this perfect life in order to be pleasing to God. Sure. I remember someone told me once like that Jesus was the perfection that we cannot be. Yeah. Um, and, and it's alluded to all through Scripture of people really – not doing it well and not doing it right. I think of uh, the father in one of the gospels of Matthew, Mark, or Luke, maybe John, um, where he is coming to Jesus, begging him to heal his child. Yeah. And he says, if you can. And Jesus looks at him, which is terrifying, and says, if you can. Can you imagine being rebuked by Jesus himself? <laughs> I can't. I would. Not for me. But But the father turns and says, I believe, help my unbelief, which yeah. is to me, one of the most honest moments in scripture where he sits and says like, I don't fully understand. I can't fully comprehend. 
will you help me where I cannot? So what does it look like to, to be in those moments of like learning to trust God? Yeah. Well, this week we're going to look at verse four in chapter two, where, um, well, the verse says that it comes off saying the Babylonians, they're going to, they're, they're not going to, they're not going to be in power forever. This is not going to end well for them. But the righteous will actually live forever by faith. And, you know, um, who says it? Uh, I don't remember exactly who said it. A lot of people have said it. Faith's best understood as a verb. It's That's it's, it's what we live, uh, live out. And in, in some ways, while, yes, Jesus would have rather uh, that man uh, understood more fully in that moment that Jesus absolutely could heal, um, what, well, how beautiful is it that we see that dialogue happening and Jesus is helping him along to uh, his faith, mm-hmm. his active faith, to understand uh, even better. Habakkuk's going through uh, a, a similar process in this and living out his faith and, and calling on God to, to be who Habakkuk understands God to be um, and, and, and hurry up uh, if, you, if you don't mind God. So, um, yeah, faith's active. Man. That was a beautiful story. It's a good illustration. In the in your sermon, you talk about Habakkuk being comfortable with God, mm-hmm. which I never thought of, to be honest with you, because I don't typically think of being comfortable with God. Um, but I'm curious, how does one become comfortable with God without losing reverence for God? We hung out with Parker Bradley, one of our church members last week, who's written a commentary on Habakkuk, and he spent some time with us, and he he, he emphasized this in our, uh, in our gathering, and I just loved it, and I used it, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think it's... I think it's what's going on there. I think when you look at the way that Habakkuk questions God, um, well, he says, he says, how long, Lord? Mm-hmm. And I think implied in how long, Lord, is this understanding that there's an end <laughs> to this. Yeah. There's, this, is, this is going somewhere. Forgive the uh, sports analogy, but I'm going to go there. I love the Warriors. My, my boys and I watch uh, Steph Curry and, and the team. There's another guy on their team, many of you know, his name's Draymond Green, and he is, uh, he, he's a very interesting player. If you're a basketball coach, and I was in a former life, he's, he's really fantastic at basketball. He does so many things that a lot of players don't do, and he all these intangible things in the way that he, he plays. One of the things he does do that drives me nuts, though, is he is awful to the referees, and he's never committed a foul, even though he commits four or five a game. And, he, and he, he treats the referees like they are um, the, the stupidest people in the world when they make certain calls and that he's never made a mistake. And he is a very smart defender. But anyway, he just treats them so bad. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like you don't know anything, Mr. Referee, and you didn't see this <laughs> my way. Implied in Habakkuk's questioning with God, it's not that way at all. Mm-hmm. Habakkuk is, is, is frustrated that things are the way they are. He's confused that the Chaldeans, these no good, awful people, would be would be used as instruments for for God's uh, for correction for God's people. But he's not saying to God, "You're so stupid. What are you doing? This is crazy." He's appealing to who he believes God is. He never wavers in his faith about who God is in his line of questioning. He simply says, he simply tries to remind God what God is like and who God is for God to come through with God's promises uh, sooner than later because things are getting really bad. So 
I think what I hear you saying is that you're saying is, is the reality of it is it's not that he's comfortable with God. He's comfortable with who God is. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, that, and more specifically, as Parker told us last week, God's goodness, yeah. mm. which I, I, try, I hope I said that yesterday. Um, he, he, he's unwavering in his faith about God's character and what will ultimately be how this story uh, will end. Yeah. I find it so interesting that you said that, that Habakkuk is reminding God who he is. Because it's, it's not for Habakkuk. It, I mean, it's not for God. It is, it is for Habakkuk's knowledge and belief that he can be reminded who God is. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's demonstrating faith in a strange way yeah. in the questioning. And I don't think Habakkuk would say that God needs to be reminded. But he's, he's, he, he's using some uh, um, Socratic method there, asking questions well, to, well, it's like, to it's get like an answer. worship music. Yeah. Exactly. Is yeah. worship music really? It's it's a, I, we sing the vertical that we sing. When you think vertical, it's 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 me reminding myself yep. of who God is and His yep. attributes of God. Yeah. Uh, which I don't think a lot of us look at it that way. Yeah. Which is why, obviously, when we talk about picking songs, why why we pick is so important because you are reemphasizing, you're reiterating what you believe or think about God. Yeah. Amen. I think we have to, especially in those moments of Habakkuk is walking through frustration and, and irritation and confusion of like, okay. It's about time. <laughs> I'm ready for this to be fixed, which is not how it works for us. Like we really do have to sit and trust that God's timing is much better than what we have yeah. planned for ourselves. You know, you, you, amen. You use the, the the music analogy. I love that, Daryl. I mean, another reason we sing is because we we've got our children in the room, mm-hmm. and we want them to see us singing. Right. We yeah. want them to to hear the words of the gospel in a variety of different ways. I know my kids need that. They're sure as heck not listening to every word that I've said <laughs> in the sermon or any of them. But they do hear, they, I know they know the songs. They sing them in the car right. when they come on. Yeah. And, and, and I, it is just as important for them to see examples like Habakkuk of yeah. struggle. Yeah. Like, are we really going to walk around acting like things are already like they're supposed to be yeah. or that everything's neat and tidy in the world? It's absolutely not. And our kids are, are not, I know we've got all the stats. They're not sticking in yeah. church. And some of that is because mm-hmm. we have... We have painted pictures that just aren't true yeah. about what God is like, sometimes to make ourselves feel better. Yeah, that's but good. Habakkuk's example is, is, is much more raw and much more real, and, and I think extremely important. I think that gets to the bottom of why we were so excited back in May of 2021 to, mm. to have this on the, on the docket to preach, because there's a real chance within this story for, uh, uh, for people to latch on to, to how it really is living in this world in the already, but not yet, yeah. uh, with God. Wow. Well, that's great. Brandon, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. Amber, thank you for jumping in today and doing this. I'm so sorry no. that I had to. <laughs> no, you're phenomenal. You are great. So fun. By the way, again, check out all the Instagram accounts for yeah. all the North region. Comment down below for Comment me Comment down below. <laughs> you know, that's Amber's work over there. <laughs> if you want to watch Brandon's sermons, you can go to the Church of Harpeth Heights website. You can check out everything going on there. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. If you're on Spotify, make sure you subscribe there. Apple Music, anywhere you listen to podcasts, make sure you check us out. Thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you next week.